Hello everyone, welcome back to the Capsule in Conversation. I'm Natalie Anderson and on today's episode I'm joined by our fashion editor Anna Muse and this week's very special guest, actress, presenter and writer Shobna Galati as we talk wellness, the West End and celebrating women. So sit back, relax and get ready to join in with our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on International Women's Day. We are sending all of you listening in big high fives and a round of applause on all of your amazing achievements. We are also giving a big high five and saying hello to our fabulous Anna Muse. Hello, Anna. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. And you? Uh, Yes, not bad, not bad. Good, 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 good. And a huge hello and double high fives to this week's very special guest, the multi-talented Shobna Galati. Hello, Shobna. Hiya, hiya. Hiya. How are both of you? How are you you both this morning? Good, thank you. Very, very good. Yeah, I mean, it's freezing cold outside, but uh, we're we're kind of all right in here now, aren't (laughs) we? Yes, we we are. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Shobna, I have to say this. Trying to write an introduction for you was extremely hard. And not because there was nothing to write, but because there was too much to write. I mean, with an acting career spanning over 20 years playing notable roles in Dinner Ladies and Coronation Street, we've also seen you in BAFTA-winning films such as Shadow Scan and taking lead roles in the West End. You're also the writer and director of the critically acclaimed Masala Girls and have more recently been seen playing the role of Ray in the West End production of Everybody's Talking About Jamie, a role that you'll also be playing in the upcoming film version of the show alongside Sarah Lancashire and Sharon Hogan. I mean, honestly, I really could go on and on and on. You you must be so proud of that body of work and that's a tiny bit. It's not two decades, it's over three decades. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because wow. I'm, I'm heading well into my 50s now, so that's um, over 30, 34 years. Oh my goodness. Of si- being a performer or a maker or a creative um, I started off as a dancer. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know what happened. A, an agent saw me in London and said, oh, and you've got quite good comic timing because I had this little um, this little show I did at um, Theatre Royal Stratford East. Well, actually, it wasn't that little. It won some Time Out Award. It was oh, like, wow. <laughs> it was pretty big then. Not really that little. <laughs> it was just sort of because I'd been doing uh, theatre and education for a long time mm-hmm. and I'd been teaching dance for a long time and I'd been – um, traveling around the country, uh, going into schools and communities, teaching Indian dance everywhere. There's bound to be somebody listening who's had one of my classes at some point. You'll be about, I'd say you'd be about, what, in your, between your 30s and 40s? Wow. wow. If, you've, uh, if you've had one of my Indian dan- dance classes when you were in primary. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so it's been, it's been a long time and mm-hmm. we did this show at Theatre or Stratford East. And it was uh, like I had kind of the dancer part. In fact, I am the original wet sari girl. Yes, I was rained on Yeah, uh, in this show, which was about sort of celebrating Bollywood. Mm-hmm. And you know how um, in Bollywood at a certain time, at a certain juncture, nobody kissed. 
So in order to do the sort of sexy part, you sort of handed it over to somebody else and did sort of like a, an imagery thing. Oh, oh right. right. So the imagery thing was me getting wet. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And you were the original. I'm the original one on stage, that is. Oh, Brilliant. Wow. Um, and yeah, so I did that. But then I had these little comedy moments mm -hmm. in there, you know, ditzy secretary to, you know, um, a bumbling copper. I played all of these little roles in this thing. And yeah, this agent saw me and she said, you have people in the palm of your hand when you're doing comedy. I said, do I? Uh. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, and then, yeah, and then the rest is kind of history. So I carried on with my TIE and then I auditioned for Dinner Ladies. I was just about to oh. say then, Dinner Ladies, then that obviously then, you know, your agent spotted that in you, that you have that comic timing. And so it must have been amazing to be working with Victoria Wood. It was. It was the most amazing thing. I mean, I have to say I went through quite a few auditions before I, um, I actually, I think I met Vic on my second audition yeah yeah how did that feel meeting her because i mean she's so iconic isn't she yeah it was it was really really scary but the funny thing was was we met you know in the old granada tv buildings, mm -hmm, yeah um we met in the basement you know right at the bottom with all the sort of things that come off the wall you know that carry the water or the <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> not very glam pipes. <laughs> yeah. The pipes yeah the pipes and there, there she was sitting between these two pipes and uh, i'd got sent this script and i thought it was really funny but then i didn't understand it quite uh, there was a there was a reference to can i say this on the capsule there was a reference to a a lilo and a dildo yes you can definitely <laughs> say, say oh trust me you can say it so, um, <laughs> i knew what a dildo was <laughs> so that was that was the joke and that, that got me the job I think really yeah brilliant oh, wow. I mean again just um your career has just been you, you've like you said it's spanned three decades and something that I found um with acting is that it's consistency it's so hard to keep going from job to job and maintain positive mental health you know how how have you how have you done that in terms of you there are those periods where you have a great high and then there's a low there's lots of that but yeah you, you, basically I have this conversation with a lot of young people now young actors who say to me all I want to do is act well yeah don't we all <laughs> <laughs> it's not as easy as that it's kind of yeah those you've got to kind of bank your positives. Mm. So that's why I always say, you know, the woos when you go, whoop, I got a recall. Oh, I got the job. You just put them in the bank. So that's what I do. I bank all those whoops. Mm -hmm. And then when I need them to validate myself after I've not got five jobs out of five, mm. you know, or I've had 15 self tapes, not one of them. Have I managed to learn everything in it and then give a most fantastic performance and then not get the job? You know, I just sort of bank the woohoos and I think and I come back to them. Yeah, because I think that's what obviously I'm not from the acting world at all. So I watch people like yourself and Natalie and doing all these things. And I don't think people realise how hard it is and would probably not imagine like some, someone like you who's had so much success would also have had people saying, oh, no, you're not right for this role or, you know constantly knockbacks constantly I'm not right and now I'm at this funny age where I'm kind of like in my 50s but then I get you know I get through the first bank of self-tape mm. and then I go into a room this really really annoyed me last year and <laughs> went into the room and the writer said oh you look really young and I said didn't you watch my first self-tape <laughs> yeah <laughs> why did you call me back why have I wasted 
£84 on the train to come right back to London to have this conversation with you. Yeah. Why couldn't you just look at my tape and tell me that I was young when you saw my tape yeah. instead of putting me through the same thing again? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just think, what can I? What do I have to do to prove to you that I can do this job? And the funny thing is, is like, it's almost like you have to be job ready, even before you've even sort of got the rest of the script. Because lots of scripts are secret. Right. That's that's a hassle. Yeah. Yeah. Get with the NDA. <laughs> you get these pin codes to get into the scripts that right. last for about I don't know. It's like Mission Impossible. I was say, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very like covert mission. Isn't it, it is covert mission. <laughs> it, it can be. You know. Oh gosh. Um. You know. Some really famous directors directing this, and you go. Oh, that's great. So what is it? And you get three three lines in a script. Because you, oh, you can't see the rest no, of it. No. Goodness. And that's so hard as well because I, that, that's happened to me. And I'm like, well, what are you? If I'm trying to give you a well-rounded character, what what else am I basing this on? You've given me literally like two lines, and now I, how can I interact with you? Because I don't know the rest of the backstory. And then if you ask that question, it's like, oh, we we don't really have time to tell you that. So you're like, well. I've got no chance then because I don't know what I'm basing it on. It's, it's really hard. It's very random. Yeah. It's very random. I have had a few jobs from self-tapes. Mm -hmm. There was at one point I, I said, oh, I'll never get a job from a self-tape. And then... And then, of course, you did. <laughs> then I did, yeah. I think, it's as I said, it's banking your successes. It's mm -hmm. banking all of those things that can revalidate you because nobody else is going to do that. You know, not your partner, not your... Mm not your family, not your kids, not your parents, you know. The only person that can validate you is yourself and also you can't take things personally. You just can't. I mean, you absolutely can't. And when I met Vic in that bunker <laughs> at Granada, there was only one other girl waiting outside and I felt quite confident. Mm. There wasn't like six million people mm -hmm. waiting to see her. So I thought, well, I've got a chance then, if, you know. Because normally you go into a room and you see, but also because I'm a woman of colour, you see every other woman mm -hmm. of colour of your age group and not sometimes. You know, I once was in a room with a friend of mine who's a writer and an actress. And she said, are we up for the same job? And I went, yeah. I said, there's 20 years between us. So not they don't even know what they're yeah. looking for. They just want, and I'm going to be controversial here, they just want a brown person. I, I think, And they haven't figured out how i do agree with you in that and and i think the the television and film industry and um, well the, the in entertainment industry in general it is a it is a strange place because f from my experience recently it's like it's not even about necessarily your talent it is very much how you look and if you tick that particular box not not based on your skill set not not like um you know i've i've had I've been turned down for jobs because my regional accent, I've been asked what's my regional accent, even though the characters maybe have got an RP accent, they've asked first what's her regional accent and when my, my agent said Northern, they're like, oh no, but yeah, I'm trained. I'm a trained actress that can do all kinds of different accents. But the fact that my regional, normal accent is regional, they said no. And I was like, that's... But we're here to act. That's our job is to, to play different characters. So you're not seeing past anything else it's infuriating they don't see past anything they don't see past anything exactly no. and then if you're you know you know i can't i can't hide my heritage mm -hmm. so it's quite 
you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. I get, I used to get these conversations. I mean, I, as I said, it's over 30 years. So imagine, mm. has the con- a lot. No, no. The conversations have not changed. Re- yeah. Really? See, that's yeah. really sad in that space yeah. of time that they haven't changed at all. Well, you know, people say when, you know, obviously I'm doing everybody's talking about Jamie and yeah. that is such a refreshing piece of theatre mm-hmm. because when you watch it, you see people and people from everywhere, mm-hmm. from all sorts of backgrounds, from all sorts of specificities and non-specificities, which is just, you know, but that is the exception, it's not the rule. Yeah, but that's but that's life, right? Everywhere, it should be people of all ages, backgrounds, shapes, sizes. It's the same with the fashion world, which obviously I'm much more immersed in than the acting world, although I consume, obviously, and watch TV and theatre. But it's the same with the fashion industry, where I think it, we're moving towards having a bit more diversity and a bit more, you know, different ages and body shapes and things but there's still a long way to go well, I started as a model um I modeled in Paris and it was really funny because I was this really skinny young girl who had the most massive chest <laughs> they used to call, I mean in French they used to call me but I'll just say I mean sorry if it sounds offensive but it was offensive it, mm-hmm. they used to call me the colored girl with the big chest right so they'd call me you know at the fashion show that's what they they'd call that mm. so i'd have to get dressed quickly and and then you know get gone and get into the guest so they'd it. actually call it over the tannoy oh, yeah they'd call it the what they shout it they shout it because oh my God. all your models are there for catwalk you're all just there and yeah. you're all in and out of these clothes and uh yeah so if they needed me i was the colored girl with the big chest wow wow and, and that's and that, that's <laughs> how I was described but it was really good for couture because my waist was really really tiny tiny yeah. and I you know I could wear like these lovely wedding gowns and things like that yeah and really sort of really um you know nothing too plain lots of embroidered mm. detail kind of things I used to wear but I yeah I also in France I was a little bit exotic yeah you see uh, as well because of my my background they weren't used to that heritage yeah at the time this was 80 89 90 so you've done modeling dancing (laughs) writing (laughs) writing (laughs) acting was that when you were younger did you know that you wanted to act or did you think you were going to do something else what did you think when you like when you were a little girl well it's really interesting my mum um passed away in november this uh last year and she um so i'm in the process of clearing Right, mum's things and and honestly looking through the photos are really interesting my sisters both sang in a band called the golden eagles they were and it was kind of like they did covers of bollywood and abba oh amazing and my big sister was a great singer my other sister she was a looker and could do harmony (laughs) so uh good combo yeah good combo (laughs) Well, they were both really attractive. Well, they still are, but at the time they were like hot. And they uh, just hung out with these lads from Ashton, you know, a bass guitarist, guitarist and drummer and keyboards. Yes. And they did these songs. And, you know, we were like the family that everybody thought was really cool. And I was just really awkward, I have to say. I mean, I was always loud and a bit sort of brash, but I was really shy so that was kind of like I was that typical acting out person mm. who would either cry or scream, but not actually do it. So I was sort of in in the corner. So that my mum and dad said, "Well, why don't we 
try with dancing. So that's where I sort of... So you started. Yeah, right. but I was still quite shy, mm. really, as my mum says, painfully shy. I was really painfully shy. And then my sisters were really gorgeous, you know, with these hourglass figures. And I mean, I was literally, I looked like a little boy. There's no harm in looking like a little boy, but I looked like a little boy. And it was, you know, big eyebrows, big mouth, big nose. And it was just kind of like, oh, awkward. But I could dance, you know, yeah. and move my body in space and that was all right. But that was sort of nice to do that. But then they kind of pushed, pushed and pushed and pushed, you know, because mm. my dad sang and, you know, we were an interesting family, not, your, yeah. you know. A your family of performers as well. Yeah, I think if, I often think this, I think we all would have been performers. In fact, my big sister changed from being a biochemist to a music teacher she teaches music and singing that you know yeah so um, as Anna says you're clearly a, a very musical creative family um for you so when you did end up acting did you did you feel then you were able to kind of express more and and come out of yourself more by playing the characters and then you could go back to being yourself it's really hard to go back to being yourself once you're well known yes mm. yeah uh I didn't know that being well-known would change anything, you know. I get really anxious, you know. I come out of stage door and there's sort of these lovely Jamie fans all there ready, you know, a variety mm. of people, you know, from who love different aspects of your work and then Jamie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, you know, I come out, as you see me now, this is how I am. I just, um, you know, after being on stage in the tightest clothes and the, you know, you know the glamorous wig and makeup and then i come out and they go is it it's oh it is her and it's kind of then then it is and then then that second thing of all those people i just i can't i find it really hard really even okay. though you've been in the industry for such a long time yeah, yeah. and also socially with the you know with mm. my new family now i just have to keep writing on the whatsapp i will come out i just yeah, I will come. I just have to feel it, safe, you know. It, it is. It's very hard to um, to fulfil people's perceptions of you because one, like you say, I, I expect it was probably the same when you were at Coronation Street, um, and especially at that time when you were at Coronation Street as well. You know, when the viewing figures were so high. Obviously, the streaming and everything else now, so there's a bit of a different share, audience share. But at that time, That's being massive. in a soap is. It's huge, and I, I know I know it's something I really struggled with was fulfilling people's expectations of what they want you to be or who they imagine you to be versus who you actually are. It's complicated. It is very complicated. That's why I've got this great big bank of things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I pull out when I need it. You know, I just you know you have to invest in yourself. That's why I use the word bank. You have to invest in yourself, otherwise you 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 will you will start to lose your mental health. So um, what does that look like for you in terms of your well-being and self-care? How do you look um, after yourself? Well, um, it, it's been a complicated journey. I, I looked after my mum for many years. Yeah. Um, it was a sort of a symbiotic relationship. She helped me raise my son. I'm a single parent. And then um, and then as she her health con concerns grew, I began to look after her. So... I lost myself a little bit mm. uh, during that period of time, quite quite a lot actually. And uh, it's only in the last few months since I've I've lost mum that I feel like I'm 
I'm ready to go to the bank. I mean, there was stuff in there, mm. but now I'm making withdrawals. Yeah, <laughs> you're drawing on it. Yeah. Mm. Um, self-care is um, trying to sleep enough mm. hours. Self-care is um, moisturizing my body and my face. Self-care is brushing my hair, maybe even washing it. I'm not very good at washing my hair, to be honest. Mm. It's one of the things that have never been sort of... And my mum didn't encourage us to wash our hair very often, actually, because it's mm. not good for your hair. No. And then, you know, the last thing I wanted to do, I've cut it now, so it's really quick, so I can wash it more often. But in the past, when I had long hair, flipping heck. <laughs> who's got time Ooh, for that? Who's eh? got time for long hair? And then when I had short hair, I had blonde hair. Who's got time for that? Oh, gosh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, a, lot of, a lot of it is time isn't it mm, yeah but it's also i think sometimes the simplest things that we can do like you say getting enough sleep taking the time to whack a bit of moisturizer on so that our skin feels better it's the simple things sometimes that do make such a big difference actually looking for the polka dot trousers like yes, yes. Right this morning so and, and then finding them that was quite good <laughs> yeah. i do think i've got a lot i've got a big journey i've yeah. got to sort loads of stuff i've i became a hoarder because i was I was quite, I mean, I think I've been quite ill. Mm. So I, you know, I've hoarded a lot of things and stuff. It's only when you look back as well, like when you're in that situation, it's hard, isn't it, to gain perspective. It's only after the fact that you can kind of look and think, oh, actually, I wasn't in a great place then. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on a bit of a journey now back to I think feeling so. better again. I think so. I think I'll feel well. Yeah. Soon, and I will start to put everything in order. Yeah. You know, going through mum's things as well has made me think about mm. everything. You know, yeah. you recognise your own mortality. Of course, you know? yeah. And all those memories as yeah. well that must be coming up as you're going through okay. that thing. You know, great photos of this band and, and then and the mum's kept all the cuttings of me being a dancer, you oh, know, all wow. the local Amazing. papers. Yeah. Uh, and she's kept all the cuttings of everything to do with anything on telly as well i mean it's it's massive it's a massive resource um it's kind of it's it's extraordinary what she's kept but then you just realize how much you have done because yeah. you forget <laughs> yeah. you forget because nobody tells you and as you say you go for a job and it doesn't matter how much you've done your skills yeah. don't matter your training doesn't matter nothing matters whether you look all right or you're brown enough <laughs> yeah wow yeah I mean I was gonna say I mean you've always been very active in terms of of women's rights and obviously today is International Women's Day and so I kind of you know with with everything that we've had recently in the media with Harvey Weinstein and and all of the Me Too movement I mean do, where do, where do you feel like we are now and where do we need to go I think um I think we've still got a long way to travel I think that um you know I you know, working in comedy or working as a comic actress, that's still quite difficult. I mean, I know we've got some great comic women out there, but can you not just be a comic? Yeah. Or can you not just be an actor? You know, every time I say I'm an actor, people go, actress. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And I go, well, if you like. Yeah. You know, I can't get into that because as soon as they go, actress, you can see it, you know everything everything buckling yeah. actress I'm like, all right i'm not gonna go there comedian <laughs> you know it's kind of like oh, let's. but it, it is interesting how blokes will laugh at blokes and women will laugh at women you know and like in rehearsals or whatever if you've got a funny line you can yeah say, 
you know, the lads get more laughs. Really? I yeah. still think so. Do I know it. I just, I know it's a little bit of a, maybe he does it better than me. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you, there is still, you know, there is still something that separates us. Mm. And um, who knows what that is? I mean, there's a, it's a minefield now, isn't it? With everything. It you is. Know, and, and how we identify who, you know, by sex or gender, you know, these things are really hard. Yeah. And I feel like I am a feminist and I have, I have spoken. And in fact, I found a picture of me and my mom. It's hysterical. It's, it's just kind of like, there's me just like bleating out something. She's just looking at me. Because <laughs> I must have been fighting something. Yeah. I mean, I've always fought something. Mm. The status quo, miss controversy, but yeah, I don't know whether I don't know. I don't know how it's how it's changing. I think we just need to create those equal opportunities. Yeah, and those equal opportunities should be for all of us, however we identify. Yeah. However, and I will be controversial here that women have been fighting and fighting. So in that opportunity for everybody, let's not forget women women, and their struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I say, you know. I mean, because, we, you know, there's loads and loads of, you know, what do we think about safe spaces and toilets and all of that? You know, there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about now. There yeah. is a lot to think about. And there's also as well... Um, we we had um, Dr. Larissa Corder on on a few episodes back, yeah, and her conversation was honestly incredible. What she told, what she brought to the table in terms of, um, she works a lot with people with endometriosis and infertility, and she said, you know, there's been case studies that she's had where women have essentially been fired for needing time off for things that are female related, not out of their control, but because people don't understand it they're oh, it's difficult let's get rid of them mm. and there's a lot of campaigning to be done um to kind of educate to educate people about women about women's bodies about women's needs you know we're 50 percent of the population it should absolutely be standard so there is so much that we need to do and i think personally it's education absolutely even going on tour mm-hmm. you know what what do you want Shobna? i want a toilet mm. yeah i know it sounds really strange to say but i don't really want to share a toilet Mm. i mean also i'm in my 50s you know please can i have a toilet now can i have my own room with a toilet but it's really hard to you know say that yeah and i'm still finding it hard to say um that that's what you know that's what my needs are Mm -hmm. you know i have i have a, a dietary condition i'm a celiac um so that's quite complicated, especially on tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. If I ate something that didn't agree with me, you know, I want some privacy around yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I really do. And I want some privacy around being a woman of a certain age, you know, and I want to. <laughs> but, it's, still, know, yeah, it's still, yeah. It's still not an got, easy conversation. It's, it's not an easy conversation <clears throat> and you have to have it. And you feel difficult if you're, if you, if you do, you know, bring it up. Uh, 
I remember um, when I was pregnant and, you know, you have to fill in all these forms to make sure your place of work is safe and everything, don't you? And I remember kind of saying, oh, it was something to do with the temperature. And to be fair, you know, ITV were great with me and they really looked after me. But I remember thinking that heating situation should just be standard. Not Don't, you know, yeah. why is it being put in just because I'm pregnant? Whereas, yeah. you know, it should be something that we're actually looked after in general. Why are we not being looked after? But also, were the other actresses on the show who were maybe going through the menopause and might have issues with, like, temperature yeah. control, were they asked those same questions? Exactly. We not. don't know. We don't know if they were asked those questions. Yeah. So that's something else Anna and I have discussed before is, like, you know, women that are entering into the menopause age. And well, I know that. Well, well, well we were, <laughs> for us, we're, like, we're trying to champion in the... Um, the idea that people are educated in from 35 upwards basically and you know this is what to expect this is kind of what what you should be preparing your body for workplaces people shouldn't be made to feel silly you know if if just like you would with a pregnant woman be you know have that kind of same attitude towards somebody who could be menopausal or whatever it doesn't matter i'm having a conversation right now about a cotton gusset and some tights please (laughs) Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of, it's a really strange thing to say, mm. but a lot of control underwear, because I have to wear quite a lot of control underwear in this piece because she wears very tight clothes. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, my body is, it does what everybody else's body does. As soon as you pinch it, there'll be a bit extra that falls on top. <laughs> but, you know. So control underwear is, you know, important when you're wearing tight jeans or high-waisted jeans, you know. And so it's been quite complicated because I got really hot. I've got really hot and embarrassed mm-hmm. about that, you know, and what that then does to your body. And yeah. when you are at this age, you know, it's a vicious cycle of different, different things that go on. You know, you can't you can't control it unless you take hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not prepared to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like then I have to deal with all the effects of, and I'll say it, you you get, you know, it's a constant battle uh, with you downstairs. It's a constant yeah. battle. And you can't seem to, you know, keep it a regular, regular sort of regular environment. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you, you can feel free to say anything <laughs> on here because we're kind of... It's so interesting yeah. though because you do, you get, you know, I get cystitis, I get mm. thrush, I get vaginal dryness and then then it all changes out again and then suddenly you've got bv and then you've got no you haven't and then you're fine again and then you're not but that's all to do with your body changing post-menopause and obviously um there's some interesting things around having had a child and what that then does to your body as your body gets older Mm -hmm. you know um um there's bladder weakness, there's, um, you know, your pelvic floor, no matter how many pelvic floor exercises <laughs> yeah. you do, it's just it's never not, the same. The, no, because it's stre- everything stretches. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of incontinence that can happen to women both ends. And mm. it's really, it's really, really complicated. And I think that, you know, nobody sort of think it's sort of been so hidden nobody talks about it absolutely that then you just get so i'd like to see for international women's day people talking a bit more about this and recognizing our different needs as women yeah um you know 
And that's why we talk about it on the podcast. We, we talk about it, it all, the time, about honestly, all the time, honestly, because we really are trying and, and we think it's so important to have those conversations. Like, stop the stigma with it. Let's just talk about it. Let's say this. Let's say that. Let's be real about it. Is, is that, you why know, is that what's happening? Then tell us. I'd really like things to be a bit cheaper as well. Now. Yeah. In, mm. you, know, in your, you know, so your tests for, you know, um, now you can get everything over the counter. When I was a girl, you couldn't get anything over the counters, but now you can. But it's so expensive. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you get bad enough having thrush, but then having to pay for trying to get rid of it, flipping yeah. egg. Yeah. You know, what is that? You know, it's so expensive. And it then is. if you're doing it naturally, that's also really expensive. You know, it's. It's just like, can we care about each other a little bit more? But who controls those purse strings? So that's what we need to talk about. And those, are, you know, um, you know, young women in their periods. And I work across generations now. Yeah. Um, you know, I have happen to be the oldest woman in the company, but then the youngest is just turned eighteen. And <clears throat> yeah, there's me at the other end. So it's kind of interesting because you go through all of that and you're touring. Mm -hmm. You know, and people are going in and out of relationships and there's all sorts of things happening yeah. as they're growing and becoming women. And where's the support? You know, yeah. you know, that's what we do need. We need we need people to talk about stuff. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. And you know, and dancing as well. It's so close body, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just like flipping neck. I had a right um, terrible, miserable experience on Mamma Mia when I went touring. Really? Yeah, because I think that. You know, the sexism from some of the people in the company was just too much. And, mm. you know, we're all together because we're international tour on buses together, you know, and you hear everybody's everyday chat, mm. which actually just goes on to perpetuate stereotypes around women. Yeah. Flipping heck, I've got some of it still on tape. So if they want to work, I've got it on tape. But do you know what I mean? I feel like. You know, young men need to be educated around Well, women. I agree. And I've got a son and a daughter. And for me, it's as important to educate him. Oh, yeah. As it is my daughter on what she needs. And he needs to understand that as well. Because I think it's it's a two-way street. It's not just helping and supporting young girls and young women. It's helping and supporting and young boys and educating young men. men. Yeah, exactly. And educating them so that it doesn't become a taboo subject to talk about any of these things. And that men can feel comfortable and yeah. not shy away from from those things because they're embarrassed and they don't understand because sometimes body smell yeah mm. body smell you know if i can deal with some guy's stinky feet he's gonna have to deal with my body yeah, yeah. exactly you know you need to educate them you need everyone. to educate them and, and not use you know um words that i tell you what makes me mad is when a lad would talk about fishy fishy women yeah no that's not nice. it's not right is no. it it's not right and and then you just want to tell them well why Mm. yeah where does that come where from? does that come from mm. exactly you mm. know you know all of those all of those terrible words that surround our bodies and our our biology well, let's try and get rid of those yeah. in fact with my son we don't talk we have this deal when he was growing up that we don't use body parts as swear words oh uh, yeah that is a good one a really good so one. i'm not allowed and he's not allowed yeah but that's because we should be celebrating each other's parts rather parts. than using them as an, in a negative yeah. context. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that 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 stood with him, and um, you know he's an actor in his own right. And um, yeah, I get lots of women directors going, 
where did you where did he come from <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it is about educating our children yeah and it does change things yeah. and going back to jamie i, I mean obviously that, the story of jamie is you know like you said it's become a bit of a phenomenon now in the sense that it, the story revolves around a young teenage lad who wants to be a drag artist and with the support of his mom and friends he he's able to overcome those prejudices to kind of fulfill that um was it important because as you said earlier you know you do it is in you to kind of champion anything that's that you feel isn't being heard. Was it important to you to be part of this production? It was important for me. I mean, I just went up to, to be absolutely honest, when I first went up for the West End, I just went for the job. Yeah. I really didn't know much about it mm-hmm. until I was in the room. As much as I needed to do was I only had a turnaround of two seconds to learn a song, to oh, present wow. a song. Oh, my God. And to learn a script, literally. And it was a very snowy day in January. And I just thought, well, <clears throat> look, um, I'll sing this song. I'll prep a song. Because I'm not a musical theatre person. I can hang a tune. and But, you know. The- you can definitely hang a tune. I've heard you. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you just want to just, you know, get to the job. So, uh, you know, I was doing, I think I was doing a Miserables audition that day as well. I, was, I had quite a few on that day. Everything packed into that. Mm-hmm. 24 hours in London. <laughs> so I went in and then, you know, I learned a little bit more about it. I read the script on the train. You know, that's a good yeah, good bit of time, yeah, time yeah. management. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, it was, it interested me. It interested me, of course it did, that, you know, that there's a lot of prejudice surrounding people. You know, we can't be ourselves ever. Yeah. And the, and the thing about Jamie is it says it's, it, you know, in this place where we belong and there's a place where we belong. So I quite like that. Yeah. I like the, both those thoughts. And that's all I went in with. There's a place where we belong and in this place where we belong. So that's what I got from the script. And then when I went in, I thought, oh, I, I've never been in the West End. This is my first, that was my West End debut. So really? I thought Fantastic. maybe I belong in the West End. Yeah. So I went in with that mindset. Yeah. And sold it to them. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And so that was, that was good. But I, I, and so then I was in there doing it and the reaction from the audience is incredible because it speaks to everybody. Yeah. You know, doesn't, you know, everything is subjective. Audiences love things that, you know, they can interpret That's and it. yeah relate to their own situations yeah. in different ways. I mean, we're all really ego driven, <clears throat> aren't we? In yeah. a sense that we like things that speak to us. Of and course, so yeah. it was a two way street there. And how about the film version then? So obviously, <laughs> why, are <you> <laughs> why are you laughing? Because I just uh, I think mean, I've no idea really. I've no idea. I think the film, I just. It's going to be quite different. I mean, I mean yeah, obviously yeah. they're going to have to will cut be things out and yeah. change things. Yeah. And yeah, it is different. It is different. But I have signed an NDA. Okay. Oh, I've, right. seen, I've seen um, um, I've seen a teaser. Right. Because whilst we were filming, you know, all those hours mm-hmm. to keep our spirits up, they pulled together this teaser, and all I did was cry. Really? really? Yes, because of the representation on screen. Mm-hmm. I'm talking. As I said, I'm talking as widely as possible. And you see it and it just, you know, I've never seen that, mm. you know, without without pointing it, mm. you know. 
I totally understand. It just, it just occurs you've got all those kids dancing on their, um, on their desks and they are a reflection of Sheffield and it's a reflection of our Great Britain. And I think that the thing about Jamie is it is a reflection of what makes our special place, Great Britain, great. Yeah. That's what I think. Because what we tend to do nowadays is go, oh, if you're different or you're other, we don't want you because you drain this, you do that, you know, and there's some so much negative language around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what we should be celebrating is is our diversity. Yeah. And diversity in its widest sense. Yeah. Really, because there's no other place in the world like the United Kingdom. I think that's so true. And I also think that, um, you know, in terms of fashion and beauty as well, um, we we need to see more. So I was having a conversation only yesterday about how I was um, putting together an editorial and I was looking for a true representation of all women um, for a beauty article. And there were certain women that I couldn't see. Mm. I couldn't see Asian women in beauty campaigns. And I, no it's matter right. how hard I searched, I couldn't find it. Yeah, and it was infuriating to me because I I was like, there's a whole group of people not being represented and I don't want for, for our platform to not be representing them because I feel strongly about that. I think so the th- Americans have got it better yeah. in terms of the big brands that have um, South Asian and Southeast Asian yeah. women on their campaigns. Yeah. But here in this country, it's not. It's not yet. And also, I think that's in acting as well. It's yeah. still not yet. And if you're female and you're brown, it's still not yet. Mm. You know, we're just, you know, for um, 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 for people of another her- of other heritages, it, it's, it's, it may be or maybe not moving forward, but it's just kind of our representation. If you look at the figures, it's still quite low. And also to be... Still blokes, still blokes that get those leads. I mean, you've got, you know, have we got an equivalent of Idris Elba? No. Female? Mm. No. You know, do we discuss a female like we discussed Idris Elba? You know, being as he's like our pioneer, if you like, in terms of representation of black, Asian, minority, ethnic, whatever you want to call us. But, you know, since he, if he's, if he's there. Yeah. And you've got John Boyega. Yeah. But, you know, the girls are still in their roles. Yeah. Lupita is still in her role. She's, you know, if we don't get, you know, they might be doing the same thing, but the, it's the press that don't yeah. give it that Absolutely. push. And, and also it's not being, it's, it's, it's giving people opportunity to create. Because again, going back to the picture idea, I I was like, well, nobody's creating it, obviously. Nobody's commissioning it. Nobody's putting it out there for it to be picked up. So so where do you go with that? It kind of leaves you to, then you have to go and create it. But even if you do create it, it's whether it'll be picked up. That's it's, it. it's, it's that's whether it be yeah. picked up. Because you can go away and do brilliant work and and it just and they go, mm, it's a bit of a risk. Mm. And then you go, well, yeah, take it. But people are so frightened to take risks. It's true. I think um modelling taught me that though. Mm. You know, I was always gonna be extra and you know, oh I tell you I did this shoot once and I have a birthmark on my back. She goes, have you brought anything with you to cover that? And I went, no. 
Have you brought anything with you to cover that? Why no. do you need to cover it? Yeah. But, in you know, it's about, yeah. it, well, I was on film. There was no digital. So right. it was, you know, to airbrush film is so much more expensive than to to do it digitally, obviously. Yeah. But I, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's so interesting trying to mm. explain. Uh, stuff you know going into those rooms when i was a young girl going um have you brought your own foundation where would i get it from yes mm. but you know and what skill would i have to mix my own colors and why should you have to yeah but in those but days, you did yeah, yeah in those days yeah. you know it's like no you're fine mm. we'll bob a bit of eyeliner on you a bit of eyeshadow make you look a bit wacky and then off you go wow. you know but nothing to do with my so what more do you think we we need to now um we need to now be doing in terms of like how do how do we make how do we move forward just what? make people people yeah yeah just make people people you know and and the thing is you know i always think i always say to my son i think they're missing a trick you know how much more money would you make to be more inclusive yeah, yeah. Yes. you would make if that's what it's about yeah you and know, ultimately, you? it you know, if life's about somebody's rich, somebody somewhere's making money, if that's what they think that life's about, you know, commercial life. Then and the more people you include, the better, surely. Yeah, surely. But what we're doing is, are we doing, are we separating again, you know, with Love Island? I tell you what, I'm obsessed by it, but I also hate it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agreed, yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, when they keep, making women or women are choosing to look in a particular way and it's and if you don't look like that where do you sit can you ever find love yeah will you ever go to an island will you ever have those opportunities will you ever have you know and this is still just pockets of diversity yeah mm. and as i said in its broadest sense but there's not enough there's not enough in our mainstream media that is and you're celebrating right. that yeah yes. and you're right that there is um uh I, I did a beauty workshop with some younger students just this week and we discussed love island and how that there seems to be one particular beauty ideal that is being pushed quite heavily that's um massively impacting on a load of young children particularly 14 upwards who are now putting filters all over their pictures to look that way and it's completely uh, you know screwing up their version of what beauty is and what to celebrate and it's like oh you need I asked all of them I said well tell me what tell me what beauty looks like and went, oh you've got to have really good eyebrows really good plump lips a really good tan nice cut and color and I was like oh my gosh but, but they were honest and if that's you know that was their honest reaction which I found worrying but that's and, and you know for me I was like right okay we need to challenge this but at least they were honest and that's kind of what they're being fed. So that's we need to we need to them. feed them something different. And that is our responsibility, isn't it? Yeah, totally. It's so nice to sit in a room with women without false eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. the the, yeah. the infills. Yeah. I mean, I am I did wear them too, but then I'm now since not I'm I'm so anti them now. Mm. Just because, you know, I just think just 
try let's try and be a little bit more natural what is beauty i was just about to ask you the same question what for you what is beauty the person yeah the person whoever that person is and however they identify it's the person Oh, thank you so much, Shavna. I mean, we could honestly, I, we could totally talk all day. Unfortunately, though, we have run out of time for today. What did yeah. we talk about? Yeah, I we don't talked know. about all sorts. Um, thank you so much for coming to see us, though. It's really, honestly, been so amazing to have you. And you know, again, we could have completely carried on talking loads and loads. Um, everyone's talking about Jamie is currently touring the UK, and so if you'd like to see this incredible production featuring Shavna, then please visit www.everybody'stalkingaboutjamie.co.uk for tickets it is amazing now we will be back next week with another special guest for more the capsule in conversation but in the meantime you can catch up with all of our regular content at our website www.thecapsule.co.uk and across all of our social media you can also listen to our previous in conversation episodes by subscribing to any of our podcast channels please do leave your rates and reviews as we all as always love hearing from you for today though all that's left for us to say is goodbye so it's goodbye from anna Goodbye. Goodbye from Shobna. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. (laughs) 